Hey everyone, how do you go from zero to six figures in the in the inside of six months in the middle of a pandemic? That's what we're going to learn on today's show. Stay with me. I've got a special guest I want you to meet. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. All right, welcome to the show, Alan. Hello, Joe. How are you? <laughs> Good. You know, I probably should have asked you exactly how to spell your last name. I've known you for a long time now. Is it Fezic? It's it's Fezic. Fezic. So what I say to people, it's like you have going through a phase and you have an itch. So like Fezic. <laughs> I normally should, I probably should have asked that ahead of time. So I've known Alan for a while. I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being here, man. No, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. You're coming here from from uh, London, London, from uh, London UK. England. That's it. That's it. So you're five hours ahead of the ahead of me here while we're doing this show. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, no, in the evening, right, yeah. In the evening, like, for it's you. dark now, so yes, it's evening now. So, uh, but no, I, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So, Alan has a digital marketing agency in London, and I first met Alan because he signed up for one of my online courses. But he's got a really interesting story. I last saw Alan actually in person in January of this year. That this is being recorded, twenty twenty. We're live right now, but it'll be later people will be listening to this as a recorded podcast and you were at my live event in northern virginia outside of dc yeah and then um we had an opportunity to work together and you were uh, you were doing some coaching but i want people to hear your story you've got an incredible um recent story and there's a lot of people a lot of listeners here on the show who might either have a desire to start their own business, or maybe they've had their own business. Maybe they've been struggling to get their business off the ground, or they've had a situation like you had where you kind of lost your business, lost everything, had to kind of rebuild from scratch. Why don't you give me a little bit of background? Let's give everyone a background on you. And then maybe you can dovetail that into um, why I wanted to invite you on here so you could share this with, with everyone and with me. I want to hear what's going on, man. No, this great, is great. This is like our opportunity to catch up. No, brilliant, brilliant. So a little background. So I started this about maybe two and a half years ago. I was still at university. I was still studying. So I was studying actually web development. And um, it was at my like, final year of university. And I was thinking, oh, what's the next step? You know, where do I go from here? What, you know, I don't really want to be stuck in a nine to five job or kind of, um, I didn't really want to be a web developer either. I, I was trying to think, what was the next road? And uh, I actually had a job in a, it was actually for a gambling company. And uh, I was doing a bit of sales there. And I was like selling like these little betting accounts. So I was like, okay, I really like sales. And obviously I had that a gambling background. company? Yeah, I worked for a, a gambling, it's called Ladbrokes. So uh, I was selling like, um, I was selling these like online gambling accounts. So every time I sold one, I'd get like a 20, 20 pound commission, which is like $25 commission. So like that just, that just set up like a fire in me. I'll just like try to sell as many of those as possible. And um, usually I'd earn like double that, that would usually earn my actual wage selling these uh, bank accounts to people. So um, yes, it's a bit, a bit of a gray area and whatnot because gambling and whatnot, but that, that kind of just got me into sales. And um, 
and I was trying to think, oh, well, how can I combine that sort of love of selling and that, that buzz you get from from selling something, and also combine sort of digital market expertise. And I was trying to get into e-commerce at the time. I, you know, I knew about Shopify. Obviously, I knew about the whole industry really well. And uh, and then I stumbled across you, Joe, and um, you were just the perfect fit, right? You 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 had like. 20, 30 years of sales experience, you're a sales trainer, and you had a digital marketing agency that's been going for like eight or 10 years now, it's going 10 years now. Uh, so I was like, okay, this, this, I need to learn from this guy. This, this is the one person I need to learn from. So I bought your course. Uh, I, all the money I had at the time, like I was actually just a student. I was not, uh, not didn't have that much money. So uh, I took a massive gamble and I bought your course and it was like the best thing I ever did at the time. And then a couple months later, I got my first client. And that was in the restaurant industry and hospitality industry. And then, then I just kind of grew from there and I was uh, serving clients in hospitality and whatnot. Uh, and that kind of brings me to um, uh, what, what happened this year. But before I kind of get to that, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I, I ended there. So yeah, that's kind of what brings me here today. So so, so you had an agency business, you had restaurant yeah. clients. Yeah. And uh, you come over to... To the to to uh, Northern Virginia to the event, and then March happens. I mean, yes. the Florida virus unleashes, pandemic hits. What happens? Ah, uh, absolute absolute mayhem. So the thing is with my agency, even though I was going for a while, I always kind of plateaued. I could never hit that. I could never really break through that ten k ten k a month ceiling. You know, I was maybe doing four k five k, but I could never really get more than that. Uh, it was a bit of a struggle, and. Um, and uh, yeah, so bef- so uh, before before March, I was working with uh, like uh, hospitality clients, uh, sports clients, fitness clients, and of course, when the pandemic happened, though all those industries just completely got destroyed. And uh, along with those industries, so did my business. Um, so we're doing like a lot of chatbot work, chat, like chatbot stuff. So like we're doing like chatbots for businesses, and um, so doing a lot of that for hospitality. And we actually did a, did chatbot work for an e-commerce client before the pandemic happened as well. So I thought, okay, I need to, I need to pivot. I need, I need to try something new. I need to go into a different market. So what I thought was, okay, let, let's go sell chatbots to e-commerce, right? Because I had that sort of experience. And uh, then I soon realized, uh, so yeah, I was trying to sell these chatbots, but I wasn't really working. And then I soon realized, actually, a lot of these businesses, they need help with the paid advertising. Like some of the paid ads they're doing were just terrible. And um, and like they really need help with, with it. Yeah, so they really need help with that. So um so you're 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 trying to do chat bots for these clients yeah. these facebook messenger chat bots and you're recognizing these e-commerce companies and brands that are advertising are doing a poor job of it you're meaning on facebook no that's that's correct so yeah uh so what i do is like uh it's just when i had my sort of epiphany moment was when i had a meeting with one with one who actually became a client with one person who um one business day they initially we initially start speaking because obviously I was prospecting, offering them chatbot services, but I soon realized actually they needed help with the paid ads. And I also realized providing paid ads as a service is far more profitable and actually far more of an easier easier sell. I don't know, so I don't know really what I was doing really. So that's that's when it all kind of clicked for me. Okay, I need to start selling paid ads and I need to start selling e-commerce because the e-commerce are in desperate need of a paid ad specialist. And I've obviously I've been doing Facebook ads for for a long while. And um, uh, and the, yeah, and so it's a booming industry that's not been destroyed, that needed desperate help, and I was I just thought I was the person to do it. So that's it. Kind of just went from there. And then 
as soon as I had that epiphany moment, I just went all in going for e-commerce and and yeah, here I am today. <laughs> well, it's not quite that easy. So I'm not gonna yeah, let you out. <laughs> so, so you went all in on e-commerce. You so the lesson here for people listening is you you yeah. determined that you were gonna niche in that category. So did you niche in a specific type of e-commerce business, or is it really it's e-commerce? It, it's really it really is just e-commerce. So okay, like right so now e-commerce. Facebook yeah. tra- traffic services, Facebook yeah. ads and Facebook conversion. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yes. That's, sorry. That's another thing I realized, like the best thing to do was to niche in one service. Yeah. So um, what a lot of uh, mistakes I made in the past was maybe go for a certain niche or go for a certain industry. But really, I just needed to focus on one service and just be like the expert in that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's what really helped. And And initially, I was going for clients that I had an interest in. So it was like, Maybe uh, I was into soccer, so I was going to shop for soccer clients or like fitness or things that I was interested in. But then it kind of grew into this, uh, just trying to find markets that needed that kind of needed my help and also were qualified. So uh, and now I have a sort of qualification process where they need to have a certain amount of Instagram followers or they need to have they need to have they need to have like all the foundations in place so we can go in there and scale them up. Because obviously, like you know, you can't. Is, you can only polish a turd so so much, right? Like you need to go in there and accelerate accelerate a business that already have that already has all the foundations in place, like a great website, great social media presence, great content. Yeah. Sorry if I'm going off tangent here, but uh, no, so you're not uh, trying to solve everyone you know, all the <laughs> e-commerce businesses all their problems. You're just trying to say, listen, if you've got these elements in place, I can be your traffic and conversion guy. Yeah. But there was, but you you would hit a wall, obviously. I mean, you're losing. And I, 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 if you don't mind me sharing this, this I remember mm-hmm. we had a um, an email exchange, and you had signed up for coaching, yeah, and yeah. it was right at like the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, and yeah. I remember um, thinking, you know, this this is you know s- this is such a critical time for somebody to get kind of one on one coaching is because we don't, we, the, the unexpected is about to happen. And for you, the worst thing happened. You ended up losing all your clients during that process yeah. and, and hit that wall. So what did you do? What, 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 what are some of the mental, um, what are some of the mindsets that you had that you think shifted? So, because people don't, people watching this or listening, they may think, well, you just got lucky. You figured out your niche and you just, and business started pouring out of the sky. It's, it doesn't work like that either. You figure out your niche. Now you become a little more focused. But to be able to be in the right mindset and to be able to mentally go get clients and 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 get your business going and having that momentum, yeah. when you know you've just lost everything, it's it's difficult sometimes to be like, well, this is incongruent for me because I don't have any clients yet. I have to go sell myself as someone who's had clients, lost them. How do you, how do you how do you deal with that? No, that's, that's a great question. So uh, I'll go back to the moment when literally I lost all all the clients just kind of jumped ship. You know, it was a, it was, a, it was the middle of March. News broke out. Lockdown's happening. Yeah. Mass panic everywhere. People going, raiding supermarkets. Uh, it was absolute pandemonium. Clients were freaking out. And uh, the best thing I felt in my heart to do was just to sort, sort of let them go because I didn't feel comfortable charging them, any, charging them for when – the whole world is going to lockdown. Like the whole world was completely messed up. So and at that That's point, the right like, thing I, to do, by the way, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was the right thing to do, and it it, it paid back as well because um, it, it it always pays back if you always do like sort of the integral thing or the honest thing. It always it always pays back for you in the end. And uh, 
but anyway um so what happened was yeah so i just invested in your coaching just before this pandemic happened so um and uh and i remember saying to you i was like oh joe mate i don't know can i get a refund or something because like i've just like i just like lost all these clients like my business has gone to like gone like um should i still go through with this and you're like look alan mate like just trust me like if you go through his coaching like it's going to help you but basically long story short that's kind of what you said and i, I put my faith in you and it paid and it paid off uh you know what i learned from you in terms of like the mindset and the sales was just was just unbelievable and uh it, it was the most calls that really inspired me that these kind of uh when you when these kind of when these bad things happen to you, it's an opportunity to to try something new or start a new business or do something better, and uh, that's what kind of like inspired me to go into e-commerce. And then, and uh, also you said about um, uh, you said sorry, help me out here. You said um, um, so um, sorry, I, 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 no, I, re- I remember a conversation we had where you said something, yeah. and I told you that thinking that way is going to keep you broke. And I was challenging yes, yes. some of the belief systems that you had. Maybe yeah. what belief systems do you think that you had that stood in your way? Because there might be someone watching or listening that's got this belief system that is their mental block. What do you think it is? Yeah, and that's uh, so that, that reminds me what you said before about it was the mindset, right? And uh, the mindset I had was always like, um, so a big problem I had before was like I was trying to do everything myself. I wasn't being an entrepreneur. I was try- I was just being a, a practitioner. You know, I was trying to get the I was trying to do like um, yeah, the prospecting myself to the service delivery myself. And uh, and one question I asked you, Joe, I was like, Joe, do I need do I need to be an expert in order to um, in order to like um, do I need to be an expert? Essentially, I said, do I need to be an expert in order to uh, sell 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 your services? I thought I was an expert enough to in order to deliver for my clients. And he's and Joe's said if you think like that Alan, always be broke and that kind of just kind of stung a bit but it was it was so true um you don't need to be an expert your job as an entrepreneur is just to sort of bring everything together a little and um you're kind of um you're kind of the person that pieces everything together so uh, and after that that's when things really start to change like my prospecting like I, think what I, I see this, a lot of agency owners do this big mistake agency owners do is like they, they do all the data mining they try and find owner's name owner's email themselves and they spend hours trying to trying to find like uh, prospects like just outsource that I, I hired a VA and now they do that like 10 times faster than I do uh, I, I hired like, I hired media buyers and copywriters now who do that for me now like I don't do anything like literally all I do is a selling and before I was trying to do everything and that big mindset block was just really really getting in my way and another mindset block I had was um, in terms of market saturation. So, uh, uh, and that this, this is one thing that really plagued me for a while. I always had this belief that this false limiting belief that uh, the agent agent space is oversaturated, or there's too much competition, and that couldn't be further from the truth. I actually got a book here, and I bookmarked it. Just um, there's a quote that says, um, "If you fear competition, what you really fear is your own incompetence." And uh, what book so, is yeah. that? It's called um, The Rules of Management. So I just found this in a bookshop. Uh, it's not like a big popular book or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> that's a great. That's a great quote. Yeah. Um, you're you're really talking about the difference between um, somebody who might have a 
fixed mindset versus that growth mindset. It, it's yeah. the difference between the difference between having very um, restricted belief systems and having abundant thinking. Because market saturation is a story we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of new people of people starting e-commerce businesses probably every month. You can't possibly service every e-commerce business in the world. There's plenty out there. Um, and we have to have, start from that place of abundance that there's plenty of uh, people that I can serve and I can help out there that, that, I, that I owe it to them to show them that I'm here. But you said something that was really important, I think, for everyone to grab onto or take notes on, which is you stopped trying to do everything and trying yeah. to be everything to everybody. You've, mm -hmm. You honed in on your niche. You honed in on your service offering. And then you also honed in on what you were personally good at. There's so many people who try to work on their weaknesses versus just focus on their strengths. And when you discover your strengths, which you did, which is sales mm -hmm. and the ability to apply a sales process and make it work for you, the rest of it you can delegate because that's not your area of expertise and or it's not the best use of your time. Sometimes just because we can do it doesn't mean you should be doing it, right? And so what, what uh, but some people might think, well, wait a minute, if, if I, how do I, if I delegate, that means it's going to be out of my pocket up front. How do you balance people who don't want to fund a team? What do you, how, what do you do? That is probably, um, that is probably the stupidest thing you could ever think. Like, because uh, in, in the long run, it will just, it will just bite you. That's why I used to think, I used to think like, well, why should I outsource it when I can just keep all the profit? And it's just, a, like, like, you need to retain these clients, right? You need to get them results. And, um. I think I think it's it's a big ego thing without you realizing it's a it's a pride thing, right? It's like a, you need to be honest with yourself and 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 I'm sorry, I'm just I, there's so many things I can say here, but like um like if I was to start again and start from scratch all over again, the first the first thing I'll do is find a good media buyer or find um a mem a member of staff who's going to be with you for the long run and who can get killer results and is a good person to work with. That's the first thing I'll do. And uh, and then, um, lost my train of thought here again, mate. But um, uh, no, that, that's literally the first thing I'll do. So, um, so who was like your first hire? And, and, I'm sorry, yeah, and, I'm sorry. And also, it, it gives you the ability to charge higher as well because you have that confidence and belief that you can get these guys' results. And also, um, I think so even subconsciously, you just think you just think you just you start thinking of higher retainers. Let's say you're you're, you're paying someone a thousand dollars. A month for the contracting services. Yeah, you're you're naturally gonna wanna charge thirty five hundred, four thousand, five thousand, even or even whatever, because you know. Uh, whereas if you're trying to do it yourself, it's just like a little freelancer behind a laptop. You're gonna, in your mind, you're just gonna probably charge two thousand or one thousand or something, or just charge what you're not what you're not worth. Does that make sense? And also for positioning, you can bring these guys on a set on a on a sales call with you, um, and. Yeah, it just makes your whole life so much easier. Like, I don't know. If that, yeah. So if you're not doing that, definitely do that. <laughs> so one of the things I, I often say is, and you touched on this, which which yeah. is I don't have to be the expert. I don't have to be I don't have to be an expert at everything in order to go get clients and grow my business. I always yeah. say that I always quote the quote that I have no idea who actually said it, which is in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. So yeah. when I started my business, I knew that. If I just knew something a little bit more than the person I'm talking to, if I can help a business move a needle 
you know, five to 10% one way or another, if I can help the business owner that I'm talking to increase their traffic or grow their business and in and, and a way that they can't do on their own, I'm invaluable to them, right? Yeah, I'm It doesn't mean I have to be the world expert necessarily. I just have to know, and I have to have a little bit more knowledge than what they do to help them in their business. That's all people typically will need to get the confidence. But when you just lost everything, you kind of went to ground zero. Like, how do you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to hard charge and go after this? Like, what do you, are you, are you reading? Are you listening to podcasts? Like what, what's, what are you saying to yourself? That's giving mm -hmm. you this, this motivation and drive, Alan. No, that's, that's a, that's a great, great question. So, um, I kind of didn't have a choice, right? Because the job market is, is dead. Um, like, so literally I had, to, I had to make this work. Otherwise, you know, so I'm sorry, but I'm fucked. I had to make this work or, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I have to, I, I haven't got a choice. So it was more about like, I just need to keep going and I need to keep trying whatever I can in order to, in order to succeed. And, um, so what I did was like, any kind of money I had, I was investing to my virtual assistant to go out there, find as many leads as possible. I was making sure that each email I sent, like with the copy was unbelievable. They had, there was absolutely no brainer for them to but that literally I, I put, I, I made sure my email, every email I sent right was when it, if the owner reads it, it's absolutely no brainer that they have to get on a call with me. They have to get on a call with me. Otherwise their business is, their business is fucked, right? They need to get on a call with me because I can see, and that as like, I can see the ads right now, and I can see noticeable holes in their marketing strategy that's costing them, costing them like thousands of dollars each month. And uh, so that sparks the curiosity. They get on a call, but but anyway, uh, but in terms of in terms of mindset, um, it, it, it was it was really difficult. It was really difficult, and um, and uh, so to sort of, and what I realized, sorry, is um, yes, there's strategy, so you can do the right things, but. My, uh, mindset is so important as well so uh, in, in your personal life and the way you think has a massive impact on your business so um, I remember Joe actually you went in your mental it was like a mental wealth challenge uh, that you did with mm -hmm. Whitewood Small with yeah. your NLP master and uh, and that and that really helps but uh, another thing I was doing like a little quick hack you can do for, for, for a good mindset is actually go counseling so I actually did like counseling once a week and uh, that really helps me understand who I am uh, and it just gave me like unbelievably unbelievable confidence. So like, I come out of there just feeling like a million dollars, and like, um, just really gave me the confidence to go smash these sales calls as well. So um, that's like a little thing people can do that's inexpensive to improve their mindset. Um, but in terms of things I was thinking as well is um, is, is like psycho cybernetics. So uh, that 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 book really helps me as well. So like. Uh, so the, the, yeah. for everyone's reference, so the book Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Yeah, I've got it here. Yeah, here it is. Maxwell Maltz. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's, it's underlined. It's and the top five favorite book for me. Yeah, it's it's the best book ever. And uh, what that taught me is uh, like um, there is only there's only one of you, right? You can't you stop comparing yourself to others like yeah. you are who you are. And it uh, just kind of so even things when it comes to like um, – you know, forget about the past or kind of um, your, your, your own self-esteem. Like I remember like before reading this book, if someone, if someone made a little comment, it would kind of get to me, it would kind of like ruminate and it would kind of lower my confidence and little things like that can sort of affect you, affect you in business, right? If, you're, if, you're, if you have a low confidence in your, in your, or low self-esteem in your personal life, you're going to have, you're going to have low self-esteem in your, in your business and all decisions that you make will be 
sort of in line with that belief. So let's say you have a belief that, oh, I'm not good at sales. So then all your decisions are going to be kind of aligned with that with that false limiting belief. So all your kind of actions will be of one of that of that is a bad salesman. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where so if you believe you're a really good salesman, or if you believe you're an amazing entrepreneur, all your decision, all your decisions, and all the actions you take will be aligned with that belief. So you'll actually start making good decisions in your business. You'll actually start uh, having amazing sales calls. You'll naturally start doing the right things that are in line with that belief that you are the best, that you are a killer salesperson, or whatever it is you you want to be. So that, that that taught me a huge thing. But as I was saying, like, uh, yeah, so those little negative comments would actually like affect me. But now. But then I learned from that book is um, that only happens to people who have low self-esteem, right? So now my self-esteem is so high that those comments just don't affect me. I don't care because I know who I am and I have such a strong self-image. So things like that, that really, it really helped. That book, Psycho-Cybernetics, that's why I wrote, what was the book title yeah. again? Psycho-Cybernetics. Um, yeah, it was written yeah. by, yeah, it was written by a, a plastic surgeon who recognize that if patients would come in, they'd get the plastic surgery, they'd want done facelifts, you know, get the nose job done, get whatever they thought they needed to have fixed to look better. And then they, they still wouldn't feel better from them looking better because of how they evaluated themselves through their self-image, self-worth, self-esteem, which those are three things all interconnected. This is that's really valuable. There's two things I want to reiterate here that you said that first of all, thanks for sharing that you went to counseling. That's yeah, yeah it's, it's admirable. Yeah. It's admirable that you that you're you're willing to share that. And I think that's encouraging to people who might be really genuinely, and it, it pains me to even think of this, of people suffering mentally right mm-hmm. now during the pandemic. But a lot of people are having mental health challenges and they're and they're they're not just taking things personally. They're struggling with stress and, you know, whether it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all kinds of stress. It's financial stress, work stress, it's career stress. It's, it's, uh, you know, homeschooling now for some parents when they weren't used to homeschooling kids and the kids having stress. So we, you know, things like that, these tips can really help people in a lot of different areas. So counseling is, is, uh, is, you know, it's okay. You know, some people go, is it, it may, does it make, well, does it, you can tell Alan's self-esteem has been raised, and he's it's my secret weapon. Uh, honestly, he's not amazing. To counseling, like it, honestly, it's it's so like uh, I actually got this tip from um, there's a there's a there's a software company called ConvertKit. Have you heard of ConvertKit? Of course, yeah. Uh, so the owner, I actually got that tip from the CEO of ConvertKit. He said he did it. Uh, he does it. So this guy, if you don't know ConvertKit, it's an email marketing software that was like millions and millions per month. Uh, yeah, it's like an eight-figure email email marketing software, and this guy he just said I think it's called Nathan Berry I think he's called, yeah. and he said like literally like the the, the hacker he does is like fifty dollars a week counseling, and uh, so I thought oh, let me try that, and literally it's so good. Like I'll go in there, I'll talk about business, I'll talk about all sorts. Like there's a client that's pissed me off that day, I'll talk about it there, and it's and it's done, and then I can go out and I'm not. I've handled my relationships better with with clients. I handle uh, the relationship with my team better, family better. And like, you, you, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to understand that your personal life reflects in your business life. It's, the two go hand in hand so much. Yeah. You know, that's why I just invested in a performance coach as well. So he's going to look at my sleep, my diet, my exercise routines, 
uh, everything because it all plays together. If, if your personal life, if you have uh, bad relationships or if you have uh, a bad mindset in your personal life, it's going to reflect in your business. Uh, so you need to sort that that side of your of your, of your life out if you want to go, go to the next, next level in your business, 100%. You also talked about not comparing yourself to other people, which is what people tend to do, especially when they're down and out. So they get down and out and they see, um, unfortunately, we're bombarded by things to compare ourselves to online, right? And I had somebody I remember in my mastermind group who said to me one time, and I'll, I'll never forget when he said this because it made me think that this is an issue for a lot of people. And, and I'm guilty of thinking like this sometimes, but he said, but I see so many people my age and he was young. He's in his young twenties. He's like, I see so many people my age, absolutely killing it um, in business. I said, where do you see them killing it at? He says on, on Instagram. I said, what do you mean they're killing it? How do you know what their bank account is? How do you know yeah. what, their impact is how many clients they actually have that they're helping. How do you know any of that? He said, well, I actually don't know. I said, so you're choosing to see a representation of how someone's choosing to, to showcase themselves online. Hmm. And that's just sometimes smoke and mirrors. In fact, there's people who have paid people to be able to take pictures by their jets or their fancy cars and then post it on Instagram. So people think that they have this luxurious lifestyle or whatever it might be. And yeah. And, um, and then there's people who legit have that. I'm not taking away from from those people either. But I, but the point is, you you can't let, you know what. And unfortunately, if you haven't seen the social dilemma, I encourage people to watch that. We, my wife and I, uh, finally watched it a couple evenings ago. And it's, you know, it's it's the impact that social media can have with that particular area you talked about. Comparing yourself to other people is is yeah. is, is incredible. So it's encouraging that you found things outside of social media, like the counseling, the book, to be able to ground yourself and then get yourself out of a hole because mm-hmm. you grew to where you now have the recurring business monthly of a, of a six-figure operation. And it's, and you know, when you had originally emailed and we caught up on email, you, you shared that that number is going to be growing exponentially. You believe oh, yeah. at the end of the year, you're very optimistic of where it's headed. Yes. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 certain. Like it's it's growing, it's growing, and like because all the systems are so refined now. Like have a predictable prospecting system, have a predictable uh, sales process, and a predictable um, uh, result results process. You want to call that? Um, um, so it's literally like it's just a matter of time because once you have all those processes and systems in place, it's just a matter of time before it's a you know fifty fifty thousand a month, hundred thousand a month. You know, it's just. It just it just it's just um what's it called a feedback loop it's just a positive feedback loop that just keeps going around and around and around and around and, and um it just keeps exponentially growing uh but what i want to add as well to that whole um comparing yourself to other others thing i've actually actually i don't know if you know this joke i've actually deleted instagram so i haven't had instagram for like four or five months so uh, some, something like that i deleted i did it so long ago and there's probably no surprise that in that time where i've deleted instagram i've also grow my business to new heights so uh, i recommend any young entrepreneur watching if you're not using instagram to directly grow your business get off it you don't need to be on there it's a waste of time like i remember look at my screen time i was on like four hours five hours on instagram once i was like what am i doing this is such a waste of time and it's sort of full of people flexing or this and that you just, just cut that out delete your, delete your instagram focus on books focus on your mindset focus on your own business stay in your own lane 
and don't worry about any others because they don't they don't matter. And if you look at other people constantly, you're just going to get distracted. So just delete all that stuff, delete all the noise, focus on you, and focus on stay in your lane, and that's it. Wow. So th th this is that's yeah. that's really bold. First of all, I I, yeah. uh, I love this. I love I love that you're on here telling people to get off of Instagram. I mean, are you? I don't delete know it. You are, but I think you're still in your twenties. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just turned twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. So you're twenty twenty six. He's saying he would he was at zero in March. He lost yeah. all of his clients. You completely lose your business. The pandemic hits, wipes you out. Yeah. You also talk about the certainty of I didn't really have a choice, and I, I remember feeling like that in, in the past. And and yeah, when I restarted and kind of reinvented myself and started up my agency business. People said, what was your motivation? What was your why? And for me, it was I had children and a family. I had six kids at a time. I now have nine. But back then, I remember having the six going, I don't have a choice. I have to make this work. <laughs> yeah. But it's that sense yeah. of certainty that you have to and that you will um, where you find a way and figure that out. But what you just said, which is, is probably no coincidence, you deleted Instagram. You <laughs> got your time back. Yeah. I mean, that's it's bold because I bet everyone watching this has been on Instagram today, or um, it's a complete utter waste of time. Some people have been on it for more than an hour today. <laughs> like, like, because um, you understand, if you're if you're an entrepreneur, you're mo most likely working from home or you're working in a laptop. You, you need to eliminate as many distractions as possible, and you need to optimize for optimal defaults. So you need to make sure that the the uh, the, the thing that you always like it, 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 it talks about is the willpower, right? So willpower. Uh, there was an experiment done on these. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of like, uh, was it butchering this a bit? But uh, there was an experiment done essentially where they um, they put two two groups of kids in different groups and they let one kid, uh, sorry, one group of kids, they did an exam, uh, but they had to like um, they were given a cookie and if they reject, so, have you heard about this? What this this study done before, Joe? Or I think so. Keep going. Well, they had to reject a cookie and. Mm -hmm. um, and there was another group where they didn't have to reject anything. They just kind of just did the exam. And the the, the group that just did the exam performed better than the group that had to reject the cookie. That's because when you when you have um, when you have to sort of reject things and when you have to use willpower, it drains a lot of your energy. So therefore, you're not going to perform well. So it's kind of like that with with social media, right? If you if you're constantly picking up your phone during the middle of your work day and stuff like that. Or if you know it's there and you need to, you're trying to like kind of resist it. Uh, it's going to drain your energy, so just delete it. <laughs> so yeah. that's basically that's it. Um, but um, yeah, and you, didn't, like, you didn't you didn't get sick or die from deleting Instagram. You're fine. You're you're yeah. you're much more well off financially than you were mm -hmm. with, than when you had it. A lot more focused. Um, a lot more focused. But uh, yeah. So uh, one of the things I do, and I'd be curious to know if you do this as well, is I turn off basically every notification that oh yeah yeah that allows me to turn it off. How yeah, no, no, delete, delete, turn off all your notifications. So I only answer notifications in my own time. So if someone texts me, or someone WhatsApps me, or someone Snapchats me, I get back to the end of my day when during my work day, you you only hear from me if I go if I go in and purposely check it basically. So yeah. I, if you're not doing that, do that now. Turn off all your notifications. <laughs> because there's um, people who might be doing this live as we're recording this, and they're getting notifications popping up on their browsers, on their phones, texting, and or they're so addicted to checking email they can't even hold their attention to watch the show because they got an email notification. And I also, all the time, 
the only I the only the notification I'll leave on for any period of time is text. Right. Other than that, everything is always turned off, and I check it on my own time. WhatsApp was becoming crazy for me, so I you know had to turn that one off. I remember doing it. I haven't had Facebook notifications uh, uh, enabled for well over two years now because mm. that'll kill you. Face uh, email notifications will kill your time and your energy. So this is really useful because this is getting down to people, you know, what kinds of steps did you take? You talked about counseling. You talked about you, you learned you got your self-esteem right. Yeah. You Your self-worth is there. So you're charging what you should be charging. Yeah. You got you got your time back from deleting things like Instagram. You stopped comparing yourself to others. You hired out and delegated out people to do the stuff that you weren't strong in. So you could focus yeah. on your strength, which is sales. Yeah. And look what happens when you focus on your strength, which is sales. You started getting clients. That all comes from knowing who you are. So if you don't know who you are and if you don't know yourself, then how are you going to know that you're good at sales? So it all came from really just discovering who I am as a person and just kind of being okay with that. Like I'm a bit... You know, uh, I'm I'm a happy guy. I'm a charismatic, and uh, and I'm just great at sales because I'm always smiling, and uh, I gen I have a genuine interest in their business. So it just comes across. So I'm I'm just I just and I had this belief that I'm, I know I can close anything and anyone. Like just give me anyone that's closable, I'll close them. Like I just have that belief. Like I don't I don't care. And I think another thing that helps me as well. I have no attachment to money. So like a lot of people, they're so like attached to money, or they're really they're really stressed about it. Like me, like I go in I go in a meeting, and I. Don't, Sorry for swearing again, but I don't give a shit if they pay me or not. I don't. I don't actually care. Like, uh, remember I closed a deal like uh, last month. It was, it was really, really funny. I remember I was in a meeting. I was literally thinking, I don't actually want to work with these guys. I, I don't know. I just had the. I, I just. I didn't really care really if they were to close or not. And because it must have just come across in my in my sort of demeanor does, or yeah. my body language, but they closed and they closed for the full amount. No, no negotiating. Like they just literally just standing there on the spot, and I was like. It's so that's so easy, and it just. But yeah, like I said, like that, that's that's all because of um, like I said, the counselling. That's all because knowing myself. That's all because my self esteem. That's it. Like it just it all interlinks. It's just it's pretty it's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, this this uh, first of all, there's a degree of certainty that you have in your voice. For mm. those listening, for those watching, they can see the confidence and the certainty in your voice it's actually picked up steam since you've been on this, in this yeah i was nervous at the beginning but now i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm right now I'm nervous. Nervous. we're just catching up so and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> but that non-attachment to money yeah so as opposed to what when people are what do you mean by a non being not being attached to money you, you're not worried about the money you're not thinking yeah. about it you don't need it what what do you help someone work through that i don't, I don't I mean, need it and i think it's I live quite minimally but, as well. Hold on, uh, but well, there's two things there. I, yeah. I want you to talk about that. But when you say you don't need it, like everyone needs money because they have right, to right, yeah. pay their bills. So to the person who might be back at your ground zero where you were six months ago, who is thinking and needing right, money, yeah. what, what would be your advice to them? So obviously, like, um, I don't get me wrong. In these meetings, I definitely needed the money. Don't get me wrong. I needed the money. But and you can never, ever let that come across in a sales meeting. Uh, you need to be willing to walk away. Even if you, even if you need that money to like pay your bills, that can never ever come across. You need to, you need to come across that like you have like a million in your bank account already, and you don't need that client. And that that needs to be with the beaner all the time. And uh, and it, it's funny because when you have that demeanor, then you'll just you'll just, you'll just keep closing. Um, 
So what would yeah. you say to Jeff? We know Jeff, and I'll put his comment up here. He says, I think it's easier to sell when you have some money in the bank, which is a story and a belief system that we tell yeah. ourselves to justify why we're not getting good sales when we don't have a lot of money. That's, that's, so, that's, a, that's a limiting belief. Yeah. That's a limiting belief. Jeff. Jeff, I, Jeff, I know Jeff, so he's okay that I can call that out on him. That's yeah. a limiting belief and a story we would tell ourselves because it does seem easier to sell when you have money in the bank because it activates a confidence and also removes that need. So when you're going into a situation, Alan, and you don't really have the money to back up or to give you that confidence, what do you say to yourself when you're walking into that meeting that gives you the confidence to not appear or come across needy? Um, they need me more than I need them. Like if they're okay. so if they don't do business with me, they're so stupid. I, I, I don't know why, but I thought I think. How I think, do you know that? How do you know they need you more than you need them? Because I'm I'm looking at a business right now, and it's 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 terrible. That the ads like are just all over the place. It's like they have an amazing like. So I'll I'll let me just rewind a bit. So the the businesses I go for are already running ads. Uh, they already have a great website. They already have a great content. They already have a great social media presence. So what all I need to do is go in there, add my great copywriting skills and great ad strategy, and then they're they're flying. So I I know this. So that's my whole that's my demeanor in the sales meeting. And I remember okay. when I first when I first closed my sorry, but I, I want to say when I first when I first ever closed my first ever client. So my first back back in 2018, you know, when I did your course, Joe. Um, even, even even back then, I was on my second ever sales meeting and I closed in for a thousand pounds a month, which for me was a lot of money at the time. And my whole demeanor was, was then was like, okay, this guy has a great restaurant. He has a, he has a great, great foundations, an amazing venue. My social media presence is, is terrible. So if he doesn't hire me, he's actually stupid because I'm going to grow his business to new heights. And if he, if he says no, then that's his loss because he just literally lost the best thing that could ever happen to his business. And that's just literally what I, how I think. That's invaluable because you just yeah. shared exactly how you're talking to yourself as you go in. Yeah. But it's backed up by something I want to emphasize for everyone to understand is that you're doing your homework ahead of time. Yeah. You're doing enough client pre-work, client research. You're looking at, you're kind of self-auditing all their stuff ahead of time to the point where you absolutely have certainty that you can help them. Absolutely. And, yeah. And then when you can carry that certainty into the conversation, that will help you detach from the need of the money to I have an obligation to help this person, but it's their loss if they say no. And yeah. my obligation is to do everything I can to get them to say yes, because I'm going to serve them if they say yes. That's it. Like I have a duty. I have a duty to help this person. Like, that's how actually how I feel. Like I have a duty for them to give me their like they need to pay me because if they don't, they're fucked. That, that's, that's, again, sorry for swearing, but that's literally how I think. And um, and even what you said there, the whole qualification process, uh, how, audit, how I audit each uh, business, I've outsourced that completely. I've outsourced it completely to a VA. So v, I've hired a virtual assistant to go in, find these businesses that have great content, find these businesses that have website, it puts it all in a spreadsheet, and then puts it all and then emails them all automatically. So I don't even look at it. Uh, it's only when they when they start booking a meeting. Then when I probably have a look, and then when I get into the sales meeting, but um, so that, that's 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 my process. Yeah. So you're even delegating that preliminary work initially, yeah. so you can really just hone in on the clients I have appointments with. I'm going to learn about, and I'm going to walk in with this confidence. You're not walking in going, "Oh my gosh, I really could use this money to be able to pay my bills this month or be able to get." And that 
I mean, those are these are small things that have contributed to you really turning things around. And and it's not one thing. And it's it's we could easily lump it and and chunk it up to mindset. Yeah. But you've already distilled that. It was it was the mindset set of being vulnerable enough to go a counselor mm-hmm. and how much that helped you. And then the 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 and uh, reserve. You also mentioned that you have a minimalist lifestyle, so you're not, you don't have, you don't need a lot of fancy things you're trying to pay for. So you want, you started to talk about that. Do you want to talk? Yeah. More? What so do you that, mean? That? that is, um, that is another secret weapon, right? So if you're, like, it's easy when you get when you get new money, it's easy just to want to spend it uh, um, on like uh, some flashy designer pair of shoes or maybe like a flashy car or something like that. But I purposely like put that money away and invest it straight back into the business or straight get straight back into coaching. So I don't I don't actually care about what other people think of me at all. I don't care about how I look. I don't care about any of this flexing or anything like that. Like um, uh, the the biggest money I spent is probably this aura ring. I bought an aura ring. Um, that's that's it really. But that's 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 to help. That's going to help the business, right? That's going to help me optimize my sleep. So I'm, I know I'm, I know I'm going off on the tangent here, but literally, no, it's not a tangent. Um, awesome. Yeah, what, what I want to say to any entrepreneur: once you get that money in, either save it or put it back into the business. Get in, get coaching, uh, get or you know get things that's going to move move the needle, right? Get, push push the business forward, and let go of your ego, let go of that pride, because it's going to kill your business. So, um, so you're so you're twenty you're twenty six, and you're yeah. giving people advice on deleting their Instagram account, which I love. <laughs> and saving their money, living a minimalist lifestyle, reinvesting, yeah. reinvesting back in your business, focusing on your strengths. Mm. I just want to make sure everyone gets this. Here's great Pat Hazel. Show us by the wall. That was a funny comment. Pat is <laughs> yeah. absolutely right. Uh, Pat was uh, one of the former writers of Seinfeld, and uh, he's noticing your minimalist background here. Yeah, Pat, this is why. That's another hack, actually. Um, keep your environment really clean. And minimalist as well, because then your mind's clean. And if your mind's clean, then your business will be clean, right? So try and keep everything minimalist, clean. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's also a great a great tip. You said keep your you know, keep uh, everything else clean. Your mind keeps clean, mm. and you you've kind of decluttered not just your physical surroundings and your environment, but mentally you've been able to gain focus because you decluttered by eliminating things like notifications and Instagram. I mean, this is hard stuff for people to hear because I know there's people going, I don't know if I'm going to delete Instagram. And so if, if, you, if they, do, if they don't, you have to recognize how much time it's sucking out of your business. Most people don't even look at their screen time settings or care about it. Mm. And you did. And yeah. you started to evaluate things that were costing you, your time that would take away from you making money. So somebody said, how do you find clients? How are you finding clients right now is, is through delegation? You're del- you have a virtual team? Cold email. Cold email is, is yeah, that's, that's, that's the VA. But you're not doing it. Your team's doing it? I'm not it? doing it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a VA. It's a guy from Pakistan I hire for $5 an hour. He's super loyal. He's like the best thing ever. Uh, he's so nice. And literally, he's, he's, he just works. He's just on, on point 24-7, just working for me and five dollars is actually a lot of money for people in those countries so it's not like exploitation or anything like that I actually tip him. yeah and if he, if he gets me like a meeting I'll, I'll give him some extra money in that so he, he loves me right he literally like loves working for me and like he's all, he's literally the best guy ever so if you can find a va 
um, that can help you out. Not only going to change their lives, but you're going to um, you're going to massively, massively, massively improve your business and also the fulfillment you get from your business. So I remember I used to hate the agency because I was just prospecting all the time. I was and I was like data mining. And I was doing all this stuff that was just so boring and like mind numbing. So anyone that's like data mining or anyone that's trying to look for clients, just like delegate that stuff, man. Like VA costs like five dollars an hour. Like, and you might think, oh, I have no money, Alan. Like that's 200 300 pounds uh, or three hundred forty dollars a month. But look, you're literally paying for maybe like 10, 10 meetings a week. Yeah. So you're literally you're by you saying that you you don't back yourself. You you don't have the confidence that you can actually make that money back. And I know it's hard to it's a hard thing to to sort of swallow, but like that's it like you just don't you don't believe that you can make that money back probably like you need to you need to get a va that's i don't know that's that's a pretty big what do you have a couple of resources you'd recommend for people to find vas that you, uh, that you yeah. like so i got mine from upwork there's loads of others there's so many other places but i got mine from upwork um just just do like multiple ads so a lot of people make the mistake of just doing one ad so when you're trying to find anyone on upwork do multiple ads maybe like different ad copies at different times and you get like a whole you get a whole like a, uh, you get loads of different kind of uh, applicants, and then you can just kind of sift through them, and uh, also train your VAs. So they're not they're not going to be good straight away. So a lot of people make mistakes. Oh, my VA, oh, VAs, you got to train them. So make Loom videos, train them up. Uh, take the time to train them up. Get on Zooms, train them, and take the time with them. They're not going to be good straight away. You need to you need to sort of take be patient with them, but. Go for ones that you that you can know you can see potential in. You know that are going to do the job correctly. I went. I had somebody ask me about the VAs uh, yeah. a while back, and what you just said about training them up is critical because when people hire employees, they tend to give them you know a certain ramp up period or grace period of a couple of weeks. Sometimes it's a couple yeah. months, and you typically would put them into some sort of training program. But with VA, yeah. we expect that the virtual assistants from another country would just come out of the box knowing exactly how to read our minds and how to do yeah. the work we need to do. Just because I they have thought, a skill set that. doesn't mean they don't still need training. So yeah. doing Loom videos, like you suggest, which Loom.com is free, you mm-hmm. could do a screen, it's a screen share software you can record videos on. For those of you watching or listening who don't know what it is, that you could then do like an over the shoulder showing them what you want done. This is how I work with my current VA team now. There, I have a, uh, one of our VA teams is in uh, the Philippines, and I'm always uploading my Loom videos to our Trello boards because it's easier for me just to explain what it is I want on video. So they and they love it. They're like, "Oh, I really understand it when you're showing me and telling me." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, if, if they were in my office, I would probably say, "Let's look over the computer and look over my shoulder that way." Anyway, so. Going the extra effort, which shouldn't really be considered extra effort, to train up the VAs is good advice. No, honestly, yeah. I took and that three weeks. Sorry, go ahead. I took me like three weeks to train them up. Three weeks? Yeah, like it took me like three weeks, but it was already good. But like, I mean, like little tweaks, little increments over three weeks before it was absolutely perfect. So it was already good. And I was like, I was improving them incrementally over a three week period. And that made actually made him a better data miner because of the tips I had. And uh, yeah, but sorry, I interrupted you, Joe. Sorry, what'd you say? No, there's a couple of good comments here. Um, Patrick says there's also a lot of VAs in your local markets. And this is very true. Um, there is um, a site called, I think it's called uh, Hire, Hire Your Mom. 
Craigslist.com uh, and some other, you can, go, you can even go to Craigslist and find people that are um, either displaced or they're at home moms or they're at home dads and they they have certain skill sets that they could do and they'll do it affordably. So yeah, it's not just about, um, I, I know we're in two different countries, but we're using, uh, you know, building teams from all around the world. But yeah, sometimes it's right. It's it, they're in your own backyard. We don't even know it. Also, college interns can work really well where they need the, the experience. They're willing to work for less so they can build that experience, in that portfolio and help you out. So, yeah. Um, uh, really awesome, Alan. This has been insightful. Uh, if uh, does anybody have a couple questions that we could ask Alan here? So somebody could said, "What's your workflow workflow process for your digital marketing agency?" I don't know if this is the best forum what that, what to, to talk that. about that, but you know, what's what's your work workflow process for your agency? Do you mean for finding clients, or do you mean for servicing clients and depending on what type of services people are offering, are going to have different workflows. So I'm not sure if we can really dive into that here. Um, Abby says he's asking a question about how many clients should he be getting when reaching out to 200 qualified e-commerce businesses? He thinks his, his conversion rate isn't good. So how much uh, cold outreach are you doing with your VAs? So like, all right, so he's saying 200. Uh, so if you're sending out 200, really we want to aim for like a 75% open rate. And then from there, so if I also send out 200, I would hope to at least get maybe like six meetings or something like that. So out of the 100, maybe get like three three meetings from those 100. Uh, so if you're sending out 200 to qualified prospects, you at least want to get six meetings maybe and then maybe like one close. Um, that's what I'd say. And you're just sending people from email to online booking? No, literally. So like um, just an email, they reply. I say, oh, cool, let's So I don't, I don't do like a, I don't actually like doing automation, uh, automate, I like sending kind of links. I just think it's really impersonal. I think it can come, come, come across quite pretentious. Yep. I love uh, it. So I don't like that. I just say, look, how's 1 p.m. Wednesday for you? Yep. Great. Cool. See you then. And then what I do is oh. I, I put them into equity scheduling and then equity scheduling sends them a Zoom link and three reminders. Uh, so that's, that's vitally important. So they, to make sure they turn up, and then um, and then yeah, we have the Zoom meeting, and then I was, and I said yeah, what magic? That's so that's so I love the personalization part, part which I teach and emphasize heavily, yeah. which is uh, as much as you can, just be you and reply as a human, and you'll set up the meetings and the time. Yeah, um, I love that. So Justin says. What's the best ROI platform you're seeing for e-commerce these days? Facebook ads? Facebook ads. Facebook ads, 100%. It's the most, um, obviously for cold audiences, it's just, it's just yeah, Facebook ads. <laughs> it's just the best. Like, um, it's got the most advanced ad platform. It's got the, obviously Instagram, Facebook have the largest audiences. Uh, sorry, the largest amount of users. So, yeah. It's, it's, so it's so amazing. Uh, what was the name of the scheduling software that you said you used? Uh, Aquity Scheduling. So A-C-U-I-T-Y scheduling.com. A-C-U? A-C-U-I-T-Y. You can use Cal Calendly as well. Calendly is quite a popular one, but I like I, I prefer Aquity Scheduling. A-C-U-I-T-Y uh, okay, Scheduling. And... 
Ibby saying, do you go straight for the meetings on your first email or do you offer to send some sort of video audit? Straight for the meeting, mate. Straight for the meeting. Don't bother the appointment. Don't bother video audit stuff unless they unless you unless they ask. Um, so typically they'll I'll say they'll sort of reply back, oh yeah, cool. So what are these issues? And I'll be like, yeah, cool, let's go on a meeting and I'll happily share with you. And if they say no, then I send them a loom and then they're really impressed from the loom, and then we get in the meeting. But always go for the meeting, always. Patrick says, what's the best client and service for recurring revenue streams that make a difference to the business that is served? Um, can you sort of rephrase that for me? Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I understand what you're asking, Patrick. I think you start, what's the best service for recurring revenue streams that make a difference to the business? I would probably say best service would, would be traffic, what he's doing, okay. which is offering uh, traffic uh, services uh, that they have to pay uh, you. Uh, so I'm assuming that he means... So, uh, so the best service to offer is, it, in my opinion, it's paid ads because it's instant. Uh, so SEO takes a long, long time. Web development can take a long time because it's back and forth. Oh, can you change the size of this logo? Blah, blah, blah. Paid ads is the most efficient thing because literally just go in there, work your magic, get them results, and they're happy. And you're literally, if you're getting great, great results, you're literally the life of blood in the, of their business. And they can't let you go because if you're, let's say, for example, if, if you're getting them like, 10, 10 ROAS, uh, 10 return on investment on what they're spending, right? They, 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 they'll be stupid to leave you. And, and they'll be with you for years to come because you're literally getting them 5 to 10x return on their investment each and every single month. So that's the best thing. It's a, it's a retainer, so they'll pay you each month. Another thing actually is um, what, what we do in our agency now is actually we do, um, do revenue shares or profit or like uh, revenue shares or profit shares. So... Literally, we go for like lower retainers, but then we take like ten percent of revenue, and yeah. that's been that's been amazing as well. That's so uh, that's the beauty of e of e commerce in general because it's it's so measurable, it's so trackable, and um, clients love that too because they they're paying you to get some performance rather than um, so that's a good way to actually close deals that can look, mitigate the risk for the client and also be really lucrative lucrative for your agency as well because you're literally getting like maybe like five ten percent of their business, which is just like amazing. Last question, Alan. Can you can you give some sub niches within e-com e-commerce that are unsaturated? Look, I, this is I hate this question about sub niches. So when, when it comes wide to wide open, it's wide open, right? So in every sub niche, there's there's bad products and there's good products. So just make sure you're going for like um, make sure that the clients you're going for have some have a unique selling point of some kind. Uh, doesn't matter about the niche. Just make sure they're unique. They have great content. Have a great website. They have the foundations in place. They just need you to improve the ad copy and the structure of how they of how they structure their ad campaigns as well. Um, don't worry, don't worry about too too much about sub niches. We work with like from jewelry to sports to anything. Like it, it don't don't worry about that. Just just sort of start with something maybe you're interested in, and then work from there. But don't worry too much about the sub niches. Just go for go for the product. I'd say or the USPs. How do people sorry, learn more about you, Alan? I mean, unique selling points. Sometimes some people don't know what that means. Yeah, Alan, how, how do people learn more about you? So I haven't, can... I haven't got Instagram, so you can't find me on there. But um, you can maybe find me on LinkedIn, Alan Fazich, FEJs that I see. My website's there, funnelflow.co.uk. Give it a visit. Let me know what you think. Um, add me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, so just add me on there. DM me if you ever want to have a chat or something, happy to help. But um, yeah, that's my website, funnelflow.co.uk for e-commerce business as well. And you, want to, and you want to scale to the next level, come speak to us and we'll help you out as well. Awesome. Well, I have to say you you actually spilled out a ton of really good 
insight and tips and advice for people who are on here, young and old. Um, I saw the comments and I just appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and, yeah. and really drilling down into the little things that made a difference that, you know, some of it, I don't know sure if you were even fully aware how much that stuff makes a difference, but it does. does and I appreciate you being on here, Alan. No, thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks for having me. I wish you continued success and look forward to seeing where this takes you and where you go from here. And and uh, I want to have uh, periodic updates, so please keep me uh, keep oh, me. Okay. Thanks to everyone for being on the Not Your Average Joe show. This is Joe Soto demanding that you also, like Alan, not be average. Go out <laughs> there and go get them. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto.